to be waited upon. You're worthy to be given attention. Our Lord Jesus, we bless your holy name tonight. You've done what no man could ever do. You've you finished the curriculum of loving God, loving the Father. You loved him to the end. Nothing remaining we worship you jesus we bless you we ask tonight lord for let entrance be ministered to us into that fellowship your fellowship which you have with your father let words come that can open it that can that can that can let words turn into gates, into access, into entrance for our souls tonight. Thank you for the giving of your spirit, the gift of the Holy Ghost who can make impossible things happen, that can make hearts which are otherwise uninclined toward God to begin to receive visitation to begin to receive life to begin to respond thank you Holy Spirit of God we pray that tonight you come and help us in fellowship we ask may we be able to see Jesus tonight it's not a trivial matter to be able to see him. We ask Holy Spirit, as he promised us, that you will show him to us. You are the shower of him. You are the one who should take all things that are his and reveal them unto us. That's our dependency tonight. We don't depend on any man's skill or any man's ability or any man's strength. But Father, we depend on mercy that is flowing as a river which you have ordained for this hour for this time for us to be able to connect with 
the ministration of the Spirit to access blessing. Thank you, Father. I pray for every heart tonight. I ask, let it be a supernatural grace to, to journey in the Spirit. I ask for my heart, my Father. I'm not worthy to speak your word. I pray, Lord, that you will just use my vessel as a channel of blessing to communicate the Spirit tonight. Thank you, Father. Give glory, glory, glory to your name. Thank you. Thank you, Father. We worship you. Let there be a release of life as we look at the Word of God, as we hear the Word of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Good evening, everyone. Please welcome somebody and just say that I'm happy to see you. How are you? <laughs> Praise God. And let's open our Bibles to the book of First John. First John chapter chapter four. Amen. First John four. Um, let's read from from verse seven. Amen. First um, John chapter four verse seven. It says, "Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is." born of God and knoweth God and he that loveth not knoweth not God for God is love in this was manifested love of God towards us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him praise God and herein is love not that we love God but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. And beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. And no man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us. And his love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in him, and he in us, because he hath given us of his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Praise God. And whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him and he in God. And we have known and believed the love of God that God had to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Amen. And therein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, 
because as he is, so are we in this world. Praise God. And there is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment, and he that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. Praise God. And if a man say, I love God, and he teth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother, whom he hath seen, how can he love God? whom he hath not seen. And this commandment we have, have we from him, that he who loveth God love his brother also. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Let's see verse 18. Verse 18. It says that there is no fear in love. Praise God. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. Because fear hath torment. And he that feareth is not made perfect in love. Let's, let's say that again. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casted out fear, because fear had torment. And he that feareth is not made perfect in love. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's read verse 11. It says, Beloved, if, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another, verse 12. says that no man hath seen God at any time. Praise God. And if we love one another, God dwelleth in us. And then his word, his love is perfected in us. Praise God. His love is perfected in us. Amen. Uh, so, so you see, there is something about this, what you call perfection in love. Uh, you see, in this realm of love, there's, there's a lot of mention of the word perfection. Perfect. Praise God. Um, perfect. In verse 18, it says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love. There is what you call perfect love. Praise God. Um, so love, there is love and their love can become perfected. Praise God. Love can become what? Perfected. And when love is being perfected, the sign that you know, how you know that love has been perfected is that you no longer have fear. Praise God. It's when you, you love gets to a point where there is no longer what? Fear. When there is no longer fear in love, then that love that has no fear in it is what the Bible calls a perfect love. There is no fear in love. That's a general statement. There is no fear in love, meaning that love is, love is actually contrary to fear. Fear and love. There is no fear in love. There is no fear in love. Love in itself, in its nature, has no fear. But love can be in a measure, praise God, and that measure now needs to be increased and needs to be perfected. And when it becomes perfect in a man, 
it would have casted out what fear. So it means that fear is also a dweller. Amen. In men. Praise God. Fear is also one. Fear is also a dweller in men. Um, fear is also by dweller. I mean, not everything is a dweller in terms of the soul's ability to keep things. Praise God. Um, the soul have their specific things that the soul was meant to keep and the soul is meant to hold. Amen. Um, those things are, they are spiritual things that the soul of man, eh, praise God, uh, is meant or the soul of man can hold and the soul of man can keep. Praise God. Now, the, re- the real thing, um, what, what the soul was meant to keep was actually their persons. Their go- is God. Amen. The, the, the soul of man is designed to have God, to keep God. To to the soul of man is uh, was actually customized for God. It was is designed for God. That's why there's something about man and God, man and God. And and when you when you're beginning to speak about the the dwelling of of God inside a man, you you what they are trying to tell you here is that. Um, if a man can accommodate a man, then a man can accommodate God. That's, a, that's the, the secret of, of connecting God. Of co- connecting God. God, a man, God will not be the first person that comes inside any man. Praise God. God, the man, God uses men to train men for God. Praise the Lord. God uses what? Men. To train men. Because men were, man was made in his image. And after his likeness. So in order to accommodate God. He must be able to accommodate his likeness. First. Praise the Lord. Then after accommodating his likeness. Then you can accommodate him. After. Amen. So, so you see the, the standard of, the, of, the, of perfection when love is still being perfected, okay? When love is still being perfected, the, 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 the realm of perfecting of love or the exercise of perfecting of love is you can't separate that exercise from the loving of the brethren. Amen. Or loving of other people men or other people amen. amen praise the lord and so in that process that's what this, this place is trying to explain to us right that god how, how do you love god who you don't see when you've not loved a man who you have what who you have who you can see amen, amen. so praise god amen. when you you have not loved a man who you can see how can you Love God, who you know, who you don't see. Praise the Lord. Uh, and so um, we'll, we'll talk about that. But I just want to see something here. This verse eighteen, he says that that there is no fear. Praise the Lord. That there is no fear. There is no fear in love. Fear is an enemy of love. Praise God. And fear is actually an enemy of 
Fear is an enemy of love, and anything that's an enemy of love is an enemy of God. Praise God. So, anywhere there is the operation of fear within a soul, amen, amen. you cannot find, you won't find God. When, when fear dominates, God cannot dominate. Because those two are forces. Fear, fear is a perverted force of faith. Amen. What did I say? Fear. Fear is a perverted what? Force of faith. It's a perverted force of faith. Praise God. Amen. Amen. When you take what faith can do, and you you turn it and the or the power of faith. You know, faith is a power. Praise God. What is the power of faith? Faith is. The ability in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 defined faith. said that faith is the, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. And it's the evidence of things not seen. Praise God. Substance of what? Of things hoped for. Then evidence of what? Of things not seen. So faith is the, is the operator of faith is the operator of that which is to come of that which is not yet that that's the meaning of faith faith is what connects what is not present yet it's not present yet but it touches faith faith is the is the soul's ability of the soul to relate with the unseen Amen. Amen. Faith is the what? Or faith is the mechanism, is the potential. That's a good word. The potential is the power. And that that thing of ability to relate with the unseen is an an activity of spirits. Praise God. Of spirits. Amen. Spiritual creatures. But which is exercised within the soul of spiritual creatures. Amen. Amen. Now, that, that, that thing called the unseen, say unseen. Unseen. Unseen is, there's so much about the unseen. The, the actual exercise of life, spiritual life, actually is, it is, it is hidden, or it is the, the, the power or, or the, the control of the soul. The control. If you want to, if you want to drive a vehicle, there's a way. There's an entry point into a vehicle. After you can open the door, but there's something about that you need a small, tiny thing called a key that you must slot in somewhere. If you don't do that, you can't drive it. So that thing is what is the is the access into the access into the the all the up all the things the car can do. You need something to activate all the capacities of movement. If you don't turn that key, you can't use the gear, you can't use the brake, you can't use the steering, you can't use anything. Amen. You can't move the car without that key. So, the, the say unseen. unseen. So, that thing called unseen, that world of unseen, you know, the, the revelation of the unseen is the is the, the New Testament that brought that. 
means the, the, the revelation, I mean revelation, the revelation of the unseen, the revelation of the unseen came in the New Testament. Praise God. Uh, but before the revelation of the unseen, of the unseen realm, praise God, <laughs> began to be revealed to the soul, there has been activity of the unseen in the soul realm already. Praise God. Hallelujah. Without the without the without engaging the activities of the unseen, you cannot move a soul. This a soul doesn't move just without the powers of the unseen. That's a secret. So 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 when you if when you look at the soul when um what the, the soul manifests in many behavior it's it's driven by the soul's relationship its interactions with the unseen either voluntarily or involuntarily it's how the soul relates with the unseen that's what drives the soul Praise God. Are you seeing that? that? And that's one thing with souls. Souls are just like that. Amen. So that, that thing called faith. So, so every person who wants to drive a soul, you must be able to unleash the power of the unseen. Do you, you understand that? You have to be able to what? Unleash the power of the unseen. Without unleashing the power of the unseen, you cannot drive, you can't create an original Movement or let me know, don't do what original it's you can't read re, re, what an intended an, an authentic movement. <laughs> Are you getting me? Well, I want to break into something, then when we, once we see it, we move forward in the scripture. Praise God. Mm-hmm. Or if you can't, if you, if you can't expose the soul to the unseen, you can't make the soul does not interact with the unseen, you cannot have a genuine motion of the soul. Praise God. You can't have a genuine what? Motion of the soul. That, uh, and that's how soul behaves. Praise God. Now, now when it comes to the, the, how you initiate the soul into the unseen, you have to use it is a power. We know it as faith in the Bible. Praise God. We know it as, that's what we call faith in the Bible. But it's called faith. That's the true word for it. That's the true thing. It's called faith. But there's a perverted one that is called fear. Fear is also a facilitator of conversation with the unseen. The way faith facilitates conversation with the, with the unseen. Praise God. Amen. So fear is also the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Praise God. And if and any soul that is not engaged in it such a in such a way, you have original original movement. Let's say you come and show a soul something that is that is amen. That the present, by, by present I mean the immediate alone, is hard to, to the, just the immediate to wake a soul up. To make a soul, 
to wake a soul up. Why? Because the immediate is too small. The, the soul can handle the immediate mindlessly. It doesn't need to, to, his soul doesn't have to wake up to handle the, what is the immediate. Every, immediate means what has already manifested. It has, in the soul, the soul has seen it. He has already manifested fully. So the soul can, even just mindlessly, can handle that. But when you check the soul, the soul's real concern is the things that are not yet manifest. The things that are not yet seen. Check every man. What are a man's fears? The, a man's fear is not what he, he dealt with yesterday. <laughs> a man's fear is what has not yet happened. The moment that thing comes out of the realm of the unseen, it becomes powerless to the soul. It, just, it loses all sense of ability to drive the soul. You get, so the thing a man fears, when after a while, after it comes out in its full manifestation, it no long, it's no longer a fear anymore. It can become a discomfort. It can become a, a problem. It can become a, a, a praise God. Amen. <laughs> but it's no longer a fear. Praise God. Amen. Amen. So you see that conversation, those, that, those, they are powers. See powers. Power, power just means, simply means anything that can make a soul, that can drive a soul. Anything that can wake up a soul and, and make a soul move to create reactions. That's what you call power. If you ask a spirit, what is the meaning of power? They won't tell you what is our definition. Amen. I thought maybe in secondary school or something that you, they, you had a class. What class was that? Was it a government class? They defined power or something. Amen. What do you say? What do you call it? Interscience. Okay. So they are different. When you go, when you go to the secular world, when you or you, if you go into engineering, they define power there. If you go into, even if you go into social sciences, they also have a definition of power in social sciences. And but the definition is the same everywhere. Is, do, you, do you get me? The, what is the engineering definition of power? It is work done per time. I, so the work that was done. What is the meaning of work? What's the formula for work? It's force times distance. Are you getting it? What's the difference between a force and a power in physics? Right? Praise God. <laughs> so, so if so, so it means that. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So we say power is the ability to do work, and then work is the presence of a force. Doesn't mean work has been done. Work is force times distance. There must it must be a movement. Are you seeing that? So power means what the ability to move a thing. And when you bring in the, the laws of motion, Newton's law of motion, he said the body will continue in a state of rest or relative motion unless it is acted upon by an external force. Praise God. So, so, <laughs> amen. 
Amen. So, are you saying that's physics? Yes, it's, it's just, those things are just how things are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, physics, man did not create physics. No. Man created iPhone, man created TV, <laughs> man created all, uh, all electronics, but mm-hmm. they, they use physics to create them. Physics is what was there before that they had to go and discover. It was like that. They didn't make it like that. Yeah. It wasn't, they didn't, there was no conference where they sat and said, okay, let us decide what the, form, what the formula for work is. They just discovered that work is force times distance. Amen. Do you get that? So those are actually God's laws. They are God's laws. You find it in physics. When you move into maybe the, into the social science, let's say in government, they can define power to you. Right? Power. When you say what is power, power is also ability to move. Ability to change things. Ability to... T- something is in a, a certain cause, a certain motion cause to influence it and move it are you getting that praise god so so when it comes to the soul of man power is the same thing power is that ability to make to change the soul's movement its direction how it's motioning and what i'm what i was saying is that there is the way that is happens to a soul there must be an interaction with the unseen. So don't anybody who is telling you that life is just everything that they are liars. When you when you go and check their own life, you will not discover that they are driven from the unseen. The, every soul is driven by the unseen. Praise the Lord. Praise praise God. Praise the praise the Lord. Amen. So um um, so that faith, are you seeing that? So faith and faith, and you see fear, they are opposing, they are the same kind of, of forces, of, they are the same thing really. It's just that one, is, one pulls you towards God, one pulls you away from God. Amen. One pulls you towards God, one pulls you what? Again, away away from God. One makes you depend on the spirit. One makes you depend on the natural. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, So, um, that fear is what makes what makes um, what separates the power of separation? Amen. Amen. The power of separation, when you check that power, you will now find that it's actually the opposite operation of faith that can make a soul separate from God. Amen. Amen. It's an opposite operation of faith that can make what? That can make a soul separate from God. Now, if a soul does not move towards God, because every time a soul moves to a point, faith moves a soul. Okay? Faith moves a soul in the spirit. Love binds the soul to a position. Praise God. 
Faith moves a soul. And then what happens? Love. Love binds the soul. Amen. Amen. Love what? Binds the soul. Amen. So, so, you, so what you see that faith moves the soul into love. Faith moves the soul into what? Faith moves the soul into love. And they define love here. What is love? Love is really God. Mm, right. Love is what? Love is God. And so, so faith, the purpose of faith is to move souls towards God. Are you seeing that? The purpose of faith, every time a soul acts by faith, the real purpose of faith is to move a soul towards God. So the movement is faith. Then the attachment is love. The movement is faith. The attachment is love. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So, um, love, when when does love happen? Love happens when, I'll just use physics to teach today. (laughs) Praise God. So, maybe. Uh, Amen. Amen. Um, when does movement happens, right? Mm-hmm. When the when the movement happens, when for for you to move anything, a force must be overcome, yes. right? So whenever you apply a force, you are overcoming another force. Yes. What force are you overcoming? The force who what made it stationary in that former position, or what is trying to pull it? the other direction. Am I correct? Praise God. So every time faith is applied, you are, you are, faith breaks the forces that keep souls where they are. And faith breaks the forces that operates to take souls away from God. There is no other thing that can do that. What faith does, there's nothing else that can do it. Zeal cannot do it. Plenty of activities, all kinds of things. Men have tried things, man. Go and ask the Jews all, all they've tried. And then after they tried and tried this, they, they, God, they always err in their hearts. They always err. <laughs> I not know my way. They always err. They still found in them an evil heart of unbelief. And then that unbelief departs, makes them depart from the living God. Praise God. Amen. 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 That word, an evil heart of unbelief, means a heart that does not have faith yes, in it. Yes, doesn't have, it doesn't have the, 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 the required amount of faith to counter the forces of fear that is making them depart from the living God. Wow. 
Praise God. Hallelujah. And that, that was in Romans. Paul was saying that. And Paul was making reference to the time in the wilderness. When God said, okay, come nearer. And they got to one point and they, and they began to fear. Yes. Right? Yes. Paul said it. They, they, when the mountain began to quake everything, yes. he praised the Lord. Um, it says they exceedingly feared and they trembled. They trembled. What were they afraid of? Was it ah, the reverence of God? That's not their fear. They were fear, afraid for their life. What were they afraid of is the unseen. The powers of the unseen. Satan employed the powers of the unseen to them. What was the unseen? Hey, if we are here and this man looks like this, what will happen to us if we go closer? Are you see, do you see that? Are you seeing that? So, but, but, but what, what, what the devil does is the devil really veiled what was inside God. He interpreted what they were seeing. Do you get that? So, when, you, when a person, let's say, you know that, that thing to them was, was physical, the physical appearance, but it was physical. There's nothing in this world that is just physical. Right, physical things are actually there to bring about a more of a, a spiritual effect inwardly or within the soul of men. Amen. Amen. So what made them turn back was were things that they were seeing. Do you understand that? Things that were seen. So okay, you see cloud, you see voices, you see blackness, you see the voice of a trumpet, you see fire on the mountain. Praise God. But the fact that you see that, that doesn't matter. You can, one man saw it and went. Another man saw it and went. Hey, we can't go there. And then in Romans, Paul now really explained the problem that it was an unbelief. That they lacked sufficient faith. Are you seeing that? Are you seeing that? So, so what is faith? I'll just tell you. Faith just means accurate interpretation of the unseen. Praise the Lord. Faith is the what? The accurate interpretation. Or, or it is the, it is, faith is the, is the accurate interpretation to a soul. Right? Of, it is the, substance of things hoped for. I love this, that second part. It's the evidence of things not seen. So, this, uh, so faith is what how God through faith God gives men right evidence. Correct evidence within the soul. Do, do you understand that? So when through that a fire on the mountain and all that, faith could speak to Moses. But fear can still use the same thing to preach to those men. And after, when faith finished talking to Moses, Moses went up. When fear spoke to the nation, all of them were paralyzed. They couldn't move. You know that. Praise God. So, faith and fear are preachers. Faith and fear are actually if you can discern their nature, they behave the same way. They are yes. the same thing. Yes. They are 
check them, what is their, their, their main characteristic is that they are highly revelatory. Yes, sir. Mm. There is nothing in, in the world that's as revelatory as fear. The way in the, realm, in the things of God, there's nothing as revelatory as faith. They are the, they are the operators of revelation. They operate by revelation. They reveal. Revelation means they bring forth a knowing of what is not yet, what you don't yet see, what, you ca- what is not yet manifest. You can know it. Faith and fear are actually preachers of the unseen. But one is preaching a lie to you. Uh, right? <laughs> one is preaching a lie to the soul. And that lie is rich. It is... It is it has right when when you hear the word lie it's not the way we bind you know just straightforward lie did you take it no and then you took it you know you took it and said you take it said no say then i just told a lie that that is okay that is that is that is a that is, praise <laughs> God. That's not really. That's not really lie. That is just. That is just a little. Um. A little fragment. <laughs> of, of what you call lie. Lie is a. Lie, amen. Lie is a presentation. Lie. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. Lie is a performance. Lie is a show. Amen. It's like when things that never happen, they will, let's say you go to Hollywood, you will see grown men or women, they will come together, praise God, they can block maybe a whole street, part of a whole city, what will happen? They bring somebody, the explosive expert, blow up a car, blow up a building. Are you seeing what I'm saying? There are all kinds of things. Bring gun, fake. Amen. But when you see the gun firing, everything, mwah, there is praise. Do you get know what I'm saying? The, 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 everything must, there must not be a suggestion that what you are watching is not real. That's what you call a lie. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Didn't I seen like that, that movie thing? I, I love it. It's a very very good example. Now now, I, I mean, have you ever watched a movie before? Maybe or maybe a movie is short. Maybe a show or something. And when you are watching, it's as if you are inside that place. You won't cry. You experience everything. All the emotions. Amen. Are you seeing? They just created, and those things, nothing happened. It's just fiction. They call it fiction, but why are you seeing? But they created it. So a lie is the 
is, a, is, is something that is made. It creates a reality. Something that is believable. Amen. Amen. So when they say the father of lies is the devil, what kind of lie do you think he's telling his soul? Is it just one thing? Devil, does God exist? No, God does not exist. Then he says he has lied to you. That's not, that's not, he doesn't lie like that. Praise Rather, if he wants to make it, he will create a world in which God does not exist. And you will be living inside it. Praise the Lord. Are you seeing that? Are you seeing that? So, that, that, but then you now say, what, that, that force, how does he do it? How does he do that? How does he, that force of creativity, what operates the, the, the creativity of the kingdom of darkness is called fear. Fear is the movie director of the kingdom of darkness. Once fear is set loose in a man, what happened? Episode one. Come on. Episode. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> and, uh, and then when you ask the man, uh, the man doesn't even know he's afraid. He doesn't, uh, call it, he doesn't even know he's afraid. It's praise God. That thing called fear. Say fear. Yeah. He can't in his conscious mind reduce what is driving him to fear, but it is fear. It's fear. Fear means it means the entrance of revelation into a soul that is not true. And it's, it's not true. And the way they sell it, there's this, this selling point of a, every lie to a man. And that if you don't, if the devil makes a lie and doesn't add that selling point, that thing, it, the man will never buy it. In other words, there's something that makes it sell. There's something that makes it sell. Every lie of Satan. And, and, and if you bring a lie to a soul and it doesn't include that element, the soul will never buy it. What's the element of, of the lie of Satan? Is that whatever story you bring, it must be about his life. It must be about his life. If it's not about his life, he will never buy it. And so the devil knows man. He must have checked man. What is the secret behind man? Ah! His life. It's his life. It's life. It's life. So all you need to do to get a man from God, telling his story about his life. Are you seeing that? Tell him what? His story about, about his life. That life, the life is what he's, he's guarding, what he's keeping. What is so say okay that this life you are keeping there's a way we can help you keep it. Mm. Uh, amen. Are, are you seeing that? Are, are you seeing that? Praise God. That thing is fear. So fear is fear is anything that the devil brings 
to give assurances to a man, right, concerning his, his very his life, how to keep his life, anything that reinforces the keeping of a man's life. Are you seeing that? Amen. What is he keeping his life from? Is guarding his life against anything that wants to take it. Am I making sense? Yes, sir. Amen. Now, if whenever you have a soul, that thing is a. If if you find any soul that does not fight for its life, it's not a soul. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a soul, it's something else. It's not a soul. If it's a soul, that's the, the, the word soul. Praise God. Hallelujah. Soul, that, was, that thing called soul, it's actually, every soul is a garrison of life. It's a, a, a keeper of life. It's a soul, it guards the life. It's an, it's an instinct. It is inter- if the day it stops, then it's no longer a soul. Do you get that? So anything that is life to the soul, that it can interpret as life, it must keep it. Amen. Amen. <laughs> what, and what does it keep it from? It keeps it from anything that will, that wants to take it. That taking of a life is talking separation, is death. Death means the removal of what the soul is keeping. Amen. Amen. Am I making sense to you? So, um, so, so it's very clear that um, the, the real problem is not, it's not really that the soul wants to keep its life. The, the problem is that it, the problem is it's in the soul's understanding of what its life is. Because anything the soul re, as redu, reduces and uh, sorry deduces to be his life, it will keep it. If you bring a soul that doesn't have the instinct of keeping his life to God, it's not useful to God. Because when God installs his own life, that soul will not keep it. So every soul must be able to keep life. But so are you saying that? So, so the reason for, the, for employing the, pro, the, 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 the instrument of fear is to rewrite what a man's life is. That is the purpose of fear. Teach a man what life is. Teach a man what is the meaning of life. What is life about? That's, and that's what the world has been anointed to train every soul in. Amen? Amen. Praise God. So, um, now to to make a soul love God. (laughs) Praise God. There's a way you have to introduce the soul into another revelation. Right? What is the purpose of that other revelation? It's that the in reinterpretation of of life. What life means. It's a revelation. Fate, that's what fate is for. To re explain to the soul 
what his life is. To explain to the soul what life is. So Christ in a man. Amen. Amen. Christ in a man. They call Christ. Christ is the power of God. Romans chapter 1. He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. To the Jew first and then to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. The just shall have life by faith. The just will, the way the just, the, the, the life of the just will be reinterpreted to them by the operation of faith. Praise God. Hallelujah. The word revelation, revelation of righteousness. Revelation of righteousness just simply means revealing the right concept of life to a soul. Revealing the right concept of life to a soul. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, and that's of course that's why Jesus Christ came. Um, Jesus Christ came for to. Um, to bring about the rewriting of, of a different life and to make another life manifest to men. Amen. Amen. What did he come to do? He, he came to make another life manifest to men. Now, that life can never be manifest, praise God, unless a man, it, unless a man embodies it. Praise God. A man must, a man must embody the life. For it to be manifest. So if Jesus did not come um, and then become instructed in the life. Amen. If he didn't come and then become what? Instructed in the life. Then he won't, the, he won't be able to, he won't bring forth the revelation. The, the revelation of that life will not be seen. Praise God. Hallelujah. The power of, of Jesus, what Jesus really represents as a man was this. He came, to, he came to, to bring forth the curriculum of how, of how a man should relate with the unseen. Right? He's the one who he downloaded the... Say unseen. unseen. Now, that thing called unseen... <laughs> I'm not saying when we were the turn of turn off this light and then you don't see it. Oh. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's not just what I'm saying. Praise God and body. And also, I'm not seeing ah what you didn't think of. Ah, something like ah this thing was there, you didn't think of it, and I say, ah, this thing, I'll tell you something. That's also in the mind. That's the that's not the, to really explain the unseen. Say things not seen. Things not seen. What Jesus came to do was not that. It's not that. Uh, amen. If it's just an it's not of awareness. Yeah, my men didn't know this thing was here before. He now came and said, ah, this thing is here. It's more than that. Praise God. The word unseen is what all, this, all scholars, men who have worked with God, prophets, praise God, what they could not see. Uh, do you understand that? 
what they could not, what prophet, what they couldn't see. Even angels desire to look into it. According to the book of First Peter, the prophet, they inquired and said diligently what and what manner of time. They must tell them, not unto you, not unto us, but unto those. Praise God. It's unto us. Amen. 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 Those things which angels desire to look into. So, are you seeing that? So, what angels desire to look into, it means it's unseen. Even in the realm of angels, it's still unseen. So, that's what, so when I say unseen, you know what I'm talking about. Uh-huh. We're talking about that which is unseen. Is that it is closed up to man. So, Jesus came to see. What Jesus came to do was... A, a secret hidden life that no creature knows about, you get, which is, of course, the life of God, the God's own kind of life, is that a man has to be able to bring that thing into the, into the realm of where it can be seen. Praise God. He had to, how do you now, how do you bring something into the realm of the unseen? If someone must embody it, someone must embody it. He must come in. He must become it. He became it. Praise God. He had to become it. Are you getting me? Because that thing which they want to download that to man is not something. It's not a. Praise God. It's not. It's not something that you just. Right, it's not something. It's something that was designed for a particular kind of soul to have, not angel soul. Angel soul cannot have this. Amen. It is what man's soul was designed to have. So there has to be a man who can bring it down. Am I making sense? Yes, so Jesus Christ, what he came to do on the earth was he came to embody the life of God. And what a man, if a man can embody it, amen, if a man can do what? Embody it. When a man can embody it, then other men can have it. Because when he embodies it, there, a testament can be written of him. Praise God. He can have a what? A testament. Praise God. Testament means testament of what he received. That's what they call the gospel. In the book of Romans chapter 1, they say the gospel of Christ. The gospel, the news of Christ. The good news of Christ. It means new things of Christ. The new things about Christ. Praise God. That thing, I'm not ashamed of it, for therein is the righteousness of God. Say, say that word, righteousness of God. How many of you believe that righteousness of God is not revealed to angels? What angels have is righteousness of angels. They have their own. God designed it. God made it for them. He gave them their own righteousness. It's their own frame of judgment. When you see Michael, Gabriel, they have the way they think. He's an angel. He has his righteousness. 
He has his judgment. Are you getting that? The same way Adam was created with his own righteousness and his own judgment. He can judge us an Adam. I'm an Adam. I know what to do. This is right. This is wrong. Are you getting that? But those, none of those, those are two kinds of creatures. Angels, man. They have their own kind of righteousness. But that man, he has his own righteousness, but he has a potential that is greater than angels' potential. I mean, if you know that, yes. when man was, man was made, man was made lower than angel. He was, man was lower than angel in stature, in who he was, but he was higher than angels in potential. What is potential? Potential means that if we take this thing and make it the best it can be, what will it become? Do you see that? <laughs> Are you seeing that? Amen. The potential that man has, angels don't have it. No angel has it. No angel has that. What is the potential that man has? It's something special. And the devil will make sure that man don't ever discover this thing. The, the devil will permit Christianity, preach it to a point where man must, he must never enter into his consciousness that there is a greater potential in him than, number one, his own righteousness. Then let's say highest he can never aspire to is go to where angels are living and be living with them. That's the goal of going to heaven. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you get that? Yeah. Do you get that? The highest thing. That's the highest. Yeah. Are you seeing that? That's the highest thing man can ever, as ever imagine. If the devil has a, okay, let him just think that heaven is the, is the best. Just once you can get, ah, make it to heaven. That's, that's the angelic world. Are you getting it? But when you read the Bible, that's not the promise. That's not, that's not the promise. That's not, God did not promise man heaven. God did not say, this is the promise that I promise you, heaven. Show me one place. Just one in the Bible. Where they say, in the end of your life, you will come to heaven. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him should come to heaven. <laughs> Now, I want to now ask you, okay, where did heaven become our goal? Where did it come from? Like, it's not in the Bible. Check it. <laughs> Check it. It's not there. It's not, that's not the, someone swindled us. He's an evil spirit. Who is he? He's a father of lies. The promise why Jesus Christ came is to realize the potential of man. What's the potential of man? It's called eternal life. Life of God. Check it. That's the promise. It's the life of God. That man will receive the life of God. And for a man to receive the life of God, he must, that life, he, also, he already had a life which he is keeping, which he is guarding. Amen. Amen. In fact, the life which God gave man before, which Adam had, I don't know what Adam, man has anymore. That one was stolen by another guy. Praise God. That guy, he came and he began to preach to souls. Right from where we saw him in Genesis, he was a preacher. Right? He's a preacher. What is he preaching? Fear. 
check his go and read his message have you read his message before his, his sermon <laughs> <laughs> praise God Hallelujah. have you, you read his sermon you know that you know that in the Bible the first preacher was the devil before any prophet preached, before God, Satan was the first guy who preached. I mean, the one recorded, maybe God was preaching to Adam before. But the first sermon we saw in the Bible was who? Now, what was the core of his message? We want to reduce the lesson. What was he preaching to? Amen. Let's read this message. <laughs> very, very simple sermon. Genesis chapter 3. Praise God. Genesis chapter 3. It says, Now the, the serpent was was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. Am I correct? Mm-hmm. And he said unto the woman, Yea, so he said unto the woman, Yea, had God said, Ye shall not eat of, any, of a tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat of it, mm-hmm. neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And then the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die. Praise God. Ye shall not do what? Ye shall not surely die. For, dot, for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Then verse 6, and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and then it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise. Then she took of the fruit thereof and she did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and indeed eat. And verse 7, and the eyes of them both were opened and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves what? Aprons. Praise God. Are you seeing that? The eyes were open, and they saw they knew they were naked. Now, before that, look at verse 25 of chapter 2. That was their state before. It says they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Praise God. They were both naked, but they were not ashamed. And then Satan came, and he opened their eyes. Now, shall I tell you guys something? What Satan preached to the woman is what was in him. He preached to the woman. Then he got the woman to eat the fruit. What was inside the fruit was the same message he was preaching. It's his message that he's preaching. The same, the same way God had his own message and he had a, a tree of life too. Right? 
The devil had his own, that one, and then he was preaching his message. But he said that it's not enough. I, if I preach just this one day preaching, can make her sin today. Can make you make them fall today. But that's not what I really want. I, I need to... Just making a unitary action of sinning is not enough to... In, are you getting what I'm saying? It was not so. At, at this point, first, when they sinned, the life they had was still the life God put there. Mm-hmm. It's just that that life was below an angel's judgment. Remember what I said before about an angel? They have their righteousness, they have their judgment, mm-hmm. and then, and then human beings are lower, men are lower. So he came to them with his superior, a superior, a superior. Um, the word he said is subtlety. He's more subtle. He's more subtle. Praise God. So he made a war against their righteousness. That's the power of his spirit. Angels have power for war. What is the war? They can make a war with against the righteousness in men. In other words, we want you to do this thing. That's what you call power. Power is make something move, make it change, make it. This is going this way. Let's tilt it. It's true power that you do that. So, all these entities, angels, they are they have inherent powers within them. Praise God. The same way when you come to men, some men are more powerful than than others. Am I correct? The most powerful men are not the ones who have guns. Are the ones who have what? They have they have the ability to move. With gun, you can move a man's body. And he moved and he ran, but his soul is, he not touched his soul. What is resolve on the inside? In fact, you even made him more resolved by what he did. <laughs> and he's going to come back for you. You just make, made him run to save his body. Don't you know I mean? But the most dangerous guy is the one that can, no gun, nothing. Let's just, let's just chat. Let's just discuss. Amen. And then after the discussion, that thing this guy had sworn he will never do, he will now begin to come up with creative ideas on how to do them. Because of just the, are you seeing the talking? Is that so? So someone who is more powerful, he has a he has a more superior. Um, is actually from his own standpoint of, of his stature. Praise God, he's able to cite a lower righteousness. And whenever you see a righteousness that's lower, you can find a way around it, and you can use conversation to, to make someone. Are you getting that? Praise God. So, so, so the devil came and then he began to speak to the woman. He spoke to the woman. His goal wasn't just to get her to commit that one sin. Just take and just eat. So people think that, that Eve's sin was disobedience. Just that she just disobeyed. Amen. In the sense of disobedience in terms of just one act alone. That was true, they disobeyed. Uh, Eve even disobeyed. It was even Adam. Yes, we checked the, the Bible. Praise God. It said Eve was deceived. But Adam was the one who disobeyed. Are, are you getting that? So that disobedience as just one thing, an action, that had its consequence. Praise God. But what the devil really wanted was to Open a door through which he can continue to minister to men. 
can continue to minister to men. Because in just that, eat a fruit is not enough. You can do, by just eating a fruit, it's not, you, can't, you can't paint a new life to a man. Do you get do you understand? Yes. After they came and this disobedience happened, God came. Although they ran away from God, praise God. But after a while, God came, clothed them again, praise God. And I believe relationship with God continued. Even though God drove them outside of the garden, but relationship with God. I believe the presence of God didn't leave them. The presence of God must have followed them too outside of the garden. The reason why he just sent them out was so that they won't put their hand and eat. At this chapter 3, right? Lest they come and eat. But the way you know that the presence of God was still there was because it was Cain who departed from the presence of God. So it means that before Cain departed, there was still presence of God there outside of the garden. Do you see that? So it means that the same conversation with the presence that was happening in the garden must have continued outside. Do you see that? So it means that, that one, just that one act of disobedience wasn't enough to change Adam's whole concept of life. It wasn't enough, enough to do that. In order to do that, you need to be able to install a lie. A lie that, is, that has been... You, you must be able to present a story that has finished a finished story, a complete story. <laughs> and that complete story, that's what those trees are keeping. One tree is keeping the story of God. The other one is keeping the life story of the devil. What is, what is life? What is, what is the meaning of a tree? You know the, what a tree means, right? A tree means a, an organization of life. Right? A tree, every tree is a unit. Right? <laughs> A tree is what is a unit is a is a continuously sustaining. Amen. Praise God. So when you say a mango tree, one mango has his own, he has his own genes. He has his own. Those genes interpret what mango world is like. Everything about mango world is inside that seed of mango. Take orange. Everything about orange world is a, the complete expression of life of a mango and an orange. You know what I'm saying? Inside that one mango seed is all the information of anything a mango can ever be. Everything about a mango. The leaf of the mango. Amen. Even the mango's beginning point when it's not ripe, just tiny, to when it becomes ripe, its color, what it will look like. Are you seeing that? That seed has all the information. So it is the, that a seed represents the complete story of a life. And when you sow it, it will begin to release itself. It will begin to continuously, every day. <laughs> Out of that seed, when the seed gives itself, relates to the ground, amen, it begins to pour out its information into the ground. The ground begins to do it. Begins to, and then after a while, you see the seed begins to grow, it germinates. How many of you know that when the seed grows, the stem comes out of the seed? The seed opens and the stem. Are you, you get what I'm saying? So it's out of the, all the information of the seed, it stores itself there. And as it's growing, it's growing, it begins to send information. 
Hey, send some. They want to tell that branch something. There's something you need to become tomorrow morning. You send the information to that branch. Hey, what about the other branch? The other one, I see there are three fruits there. It's time to ripen. We send the information to it. Wow. <laughs> are you getting me? It is a, it's an organization of life. Oh, oh, what do you say? Then they will not have their own seed. Are, are you seeing that? Right? Okay, let's say a plantain tree now. It's a plantain tree. Okay? <laughs> so, uh, imagine life of a plantain tree. There's no, there's no stage in the life of a plantain tree where from the root, the root will send an information, it's time to bear seed. Why? Because seed bearing is not in the plantain. They don't have seed that way. Are you getting me? They are not that kind of fruit. It means all the information is in the seed after its kind. After its kind. After its kind. Praise the Lord. So, so you see, that thing of a seed, the real purpose of that seed, of the twelve knowledge of good and evil, is let humanity take in, in them a seed. That will continue to speak. Yes. Yes. That will continue to do what? To speak. Did, did, did Satan come and tell them, hey, Eve and Adam, because Adam was there, you guys are naked, though. You didn't need to do that. Yeah. All I need to do is just one thing get them. Everything they need to know is inside the seed. It's inside, inside that tree. It will tell them everything they need to know. Yeah. Did, did he come and tell Eva from you have to become a liar? Start lying now. Okay, how did Cain know how to kill his brother? Who, who trained Cain in, in murdering? How to be a murderer? Was it, or did he ever see Adam kill somebody? Did he ever, no, no, no. <laughs> Somewhere. Are you seeing that? But you see, Cain's killing was a reaction from his life. There was something inside. It was out of his own interest. Praise God. That because his own deeds were evil. That's why he slew his brother. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Then after a while, he, he went away from the presence of God. And then he went to go and now begin to live out a different interpretation of life that was different from what his father lived. Do, do you understand that? Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So Jesus Christ, the reason for why Jesus Christ came was Jesus Christ came to now bring forth the expression of a different seed. It's a different seed, the seed of God. He had the seed of God. That seed was implanted into him, praise God, by the Spirit of God. Amen. And was nurtured by, I believe there must have been a lot of angelic ministry around his 
his own nurturing, praise God, the nurturing of that seed. And so he had to, to, to give expression to it through his own life and through the way he was living. The book of Ephesians, sorry, Philippians chapter, quickly, Philippians chapter 2, time is, is going, time is going, amen. Philippians chapter 2. Quickly read from verse. Praise God. I read from verse 1. It says, If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like minded, having the same love, being of one accord, and then of what? Of one mind, having the same love, being of one accord, and then of what? Of one mind. And then let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem the other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man on what? The things of others. Don't look on your own things. That word, your own, means. The things of your life, right? Your own things. Amen. What are a man's own things? You can, can count his property, his house, his car, and all that. You've not really touched all his things yet. You just touch his outward properties. Are you getting me? A man's own things are his how he is, his own person, his own nature, his own life. Praise God. Anybody who looks at his own things will always be a prey to the devil. No matter how nice you are. You know, there's a way you can be so nice, you feel like, if, this, if everyone in this world can just be like me. <laughs> things will just be, right? There will be peace in the Middle East. There will, be, there will not be wars. Praise God. There won't be all this, if everybody can just be like me. So now when you see your brethren, if all my brethren can just be like me, we won't have all these problems. Amen. So, uh, that, kind of, so that kind of thinking is, is wrong. Don't think... Uh, <laughs> Don't look at, don't look at your, <laughs> don't, look, don't look at your own things. Are you, are you a nice sister, a nice brother? Thank God for you. God bless you. Amen. But, hey, take your eyes away from that. Don't look at your own things. What's the danger of your own things? What's the danger? When you look at your own things, there is... What happens? Oh, say it. As, as long as you have seen it, you want to keep it. As long as you have seen it, you want to keep it. And it's not good enough. 
your own. Don't look at your own. <laughs> Praise God. Okay, you know, say, okay, ah, what if after I've become Christ? Can't I then look at the Christ in me? Because I've become Christ. <laughs> Praise God. Uh, let's assume you became Christ. Hmm? Um, can you try and look at the Christ in your brother? Not your own. <laughs> because your own cannot be trusted. Praise God. That inside that thing called my, that my own, a law of evil, that's where the evil of, the, that's where Satan hid his, his seed, he hid his thing inside that place. All the wickedness, most of the wicked things that have been done in this world, they are the product of men's righteousness. When you say, ah, oh, somebody, is, they are killing people there, oh. that place they are killing people, there's somebody who feels it's right to do that. Ah, this evil thing just happened. Why? There's somebody who thinks feels it's right to do that. You can, you understand what I mean? So, so on, there's a, from, a, from a position of a man, if you look inwardly, you'll find a lot of motives, a lot of reason to do certain things. You'll find a lot of reasons why you're okay. Praise God. Shall I tell you the truth? Most human beings if feel inherently like they are okay. Yes, yes. <laughs> they feel inherently. They, most people, they feel, okay, I just have this thing I need to work on. Just, but apart from these things I need to work on, you, um, you feel... <laughs> you, you feel... You feel you're okay. That's, the, that's just the natural way men are. And men have to be that way. If men are not that way, life will be too unbearable to live in. You have to feel that way if you're a natural man. So the only place where, they will, where, where you have a conversation that targets that, that you, that your own, and say, no, this one is not good enough, we have to remove it. It's only in Christianity. There's no other place where you find that. Other, many other religions lie to you people. They say, uh, you have an inherent goodness. You just need to find it. You just need to meditate. If you can meditate deep enough, your inherent, your inherent goodness, will, your true self, true meditation. <laughs> Praise God. That's religion. That's religion stuff. All those lies. Amen. But we all know that men are bad. If you can forget yourself and just look at men, we are very, very bad. <laughs> Amen. So, so let no man. And the reason why God can say, tell you not to look at the own is because they have a plan for it. They want to change it. And only God can can give men man another life. No, only in Christianity is there such a promise of a man receiving another life. There's no other religion that can do that. Even Judaism cannot. Judaism is all about uh, 
we are, we are all sinful. It's just a matter of how do we pay for our sin. Father, do you have? Is there an interpretation? No, nothing. Okay, praise God. That's that's good. Let's continue. I just, I was just receiving some things into my into my spirit. Um, amen. amen. Praise God. Now, there's no other religion where they tell you look up to. It's hard to see. Maybe in Islam they say look unto Muhammad, the author and the finisher of your faith, mm. or look unto something. Mm. Praise God. The there is no such there is no such thing. Praise God. <laughs> uh, but in the New Testament, that's in Christianity. Um, that's where you sense. That's where you only you the only place where you find the concept of receiving another life. Looking unto Jesus. The author and the finisher of our faith. She then me reason with Christ. Set your affections on things above where Christ is seated at the at the right hand. Are you seeing that in looking at Christ? So wait, you shouldn't look on your own things. Praise God. Now, I, let's just quickly read through this. So let not every man look on his own things, but every man also on the things of another. Why? Because there's a deception in our own life. It says, let this mind then be in you, which was also in Christ. Praise God. Now, that this mind that they want to be in you is the same mind that they spoke about in um, verse 2 says, Fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded. Right? And then having the same love. So you have the same mind. You have the same love. And you be being of one accord in one mind. Praise God. And so, and what is that mind? It is a particular mind, right? It's so, so which was also in Christ Jesus. There's a mind which he had which was also where in Christ Jesus. Then the began to describe it. He says, Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, 
but made himself of no reputation. Am I correct? And took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And then being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death. Even what? The death of the cross. Praise God. So, verse 8 says, being found in fashion as a man. So, he had the, a man's life at some point. Mm -hmm. But then he humbled himself, praise God, and then became obedient where? Unto death. And even the death of the cross. And then therefore God highly exalted him and then given him a name as above every other name. Praise God now. You see this humble himself um, unto death and even, even the death of the cross. Being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself unto death. Even the death of the cross. He humbled himself unto death. He had already humbled himself unto death before he went to the cross to die. Praise God. So he humbled himself unto death. Then even the death of the cross, that was the, the actual physical dying, praise God, where he went, he went to the cross. Amen. Amen. So, but that, the first humbling of himself unto death, see humbling. humbling. So, there is what the death of the cross was. That death of the cross, men took him, handled him, they beat him, nailed him to the cross. Praise God. That was a death which was physical. But Jesus died a kind of death that every man should die. It's a death that's, that is prescribed by the mind of Christ. And every soul who subscribes to Christ's mind, you'll find out you will, you will be seeing this death in your future. This same death. Are you getting me? There is not, not death of the cross. That one is Jesus' soul. So that is not your. Amen. That death of the cross. Praise God. You know, some men like that death of the cross. Some men, they want to do evil the death of the cross. But they don't like that first part. Because. The method of that, you know what I'm talking about? I've seen a video of one guy in the, it was in the US. On, on the expressway, the guy was carrying a cross. So they stopped him and asked him, Sir, why are you carrying this? He said, No, this cross is. Amen. I forgot how many years he said he had been carrying it for. Praise God. And people like that kind of thing. Amen. But Jesus did not just go to the cross. It's time to go. And then, no, no, no. He first, there was a kind of death that humility first killed him. It's called a humbling unto death. First, that is, you see, that first hum, being humbled unto death is that death that really qualified him to, to go to the cross. Yeah. Praise God. So, so you see that, that humbling of, of, of one's self. Say humbling. humbling. Unto death. Unto so the humbling of one's self. That word humble means to reduce yourself. Reduce yourself. And in order to, 
to do that, in, what happened in Jesus was the reduction of a man. They had to remove a man from him and remove that, a man and remove him until man was gone. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. How do you do it? It's by the operation of, the, of humbling, humility. He humbled himself. Being found in fashion of a man. So that's what you use man to do. Man is supposed to be humbled so that he can die. Not only Jesus did that. You won't see where they say, hey, go and die on the cross. Even when, but when they say, take up your cross, it's figurative. Yeah. Right? Yeah. When Jesus said, take up your cross, he wasn't carrying a cross at that point. Yeah. He was just teaching. And he said, yeah, you go and take up your cross. Praise God. So that was a figurative thing. So they, they didn't say any man should take any, real, any, any cross. Praise God. Um, but there's one thing that they mentioned that you should do. You should humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Amen. So, so that humility, one of the, the signs of humility is how you hum- reduce yourself. Is You take your eyes off of yourself. So that taking one's eyes off oneself, that is where in that thing is the fulfillment of love. That's where love, amen. You, by doing that, you don't know, by doing that thing, it's actually a law. You are walking contrary to a law. A law of death. So if you ask me, why do they? Why do you have a Christian brother, a Christian sister, and all that? Is they are just to help you live? That's the purpose. That's that's what First John four was describing. That at every level, they want to make you live beyond there. They bring someone for you to love. Nobody can live without loving. Now you can't. Increase in life in the spirit without measuring a love. And what happened? What are, that measuring of love, I mean, first, even in the arena of men, among your brethren, among people, praise God, the way you, the way you, the way they, the way, uh, praise God, they give life to a soul. Praise God is to make the soul walk contrary to the principle that he has been taught by this world of preserving, of looking on his own things. That word looking means you are keep you are guarding your things. You are keeping yourself, you are keeping your life. And the only thing that can make you walk contrary to that is that you must that strength you are using to keep, cast it on another. Are you getting me? That was Jesus' technology. That was the technology I mean by of how they made him lose his life. Right. 
Amen. In doing that, in doing, whenever you are doing that, you are taking your eyes, you are, you are actually bringing, giving an assault to, you are assaulting the powers of death, right? Which is really operated by fear. And that was the, the victory of Jesus, praise God. How he overcame death was by, um, and the, the reason why he took on the nature of men. So when he became in fashion as a man, then he humbled himself unto death. Are you seeing that? So through humble, humbling, or that thing called humility, humbling oneself is how you deal with fear. The power of fear. Praise God. The power of what? Fear. Of fear. Amen. Amen. How do you defeat fear? Not looking on your own things. What does fear want to do? Make you... Fear is always telling you a story about your life. It's always, it's about always something about your life. The first story about fear, that fear preached was nakedness. No, Satan didn't tell them you are naked. But as soon as they ate it, fear began to say, there's something about your life right now that's very, very pertinent. Very, very, very... In fact, if you knew... If you knew how naked you are right now, if you know, amen, are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, sir. They, were, they didn't know they were naked before at all, amen. They were naked and they were not ashamed. The end of chapter 2 says, then after they ate that thing, all of a sudden, it was fear. It was about keeping themselves, keeping their life. They became conscious about things concerning them. What that, that seed was talking to them about their own things means that they were dead to their own things at it to a level before. Does that make sense? Yes, so, amen, amen. Praise God. I want us to see something. There's something the Lord wants to just open us to tonight to see, and I believe it to be a deliverance amen. for us. Praise God. You see that thing called fear. Fear is a master. Praise God. Fear is a master. He doesn't let go. He's actually a captor. Praise God. That fear is when Jesus came. The reason why he took on the the um, why he took on the nature of men is that he had to, Jesus had to come into a position where he can look at the that captor called fear face to face and destroy him by disobeying him. Are you getting me? Jesus could not deal with the fears of men without taking on the fashion of men and facing those same fears himself. Amen. Remember when he started ministry, when Jesus, the devil came to tempt him. Look at those three temptations. It's, all, it's about his life. First one is what he will eat. He knew he was hungry. You need to eat right, right now. You need to praise God. Amen. That thing was an inward. The spirit was talking to him. Praise God. Contrary to the order of the spirit. 
right now. Just turn this stone to bread and, and eat. Praise God. Amen. Amen. And all through Jesus' life, Jesus was being tempted, the Bible says, in all points, yet without sin. Amen. And the ultimate temptation for him, even in the physical, was about that going to the cross, am I correct? Which was about losing his own life, both what ultimately physically. So, so Jesus had to take on, let's read, um, let's see the book of Hebrews, um, chapter, Hebrews chapter, chapter 2. Hebrews 2 verse 14, it says, For as much as then, then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, then he also himself likewise took part of the same, right? So that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death. That is the devil. Now, I'll explain to you what is the power of death. It's, it's what? It's fear. Praise God. So he says, but in order to do, do that, because we are, we are partakers of flesh and blood, he also partook of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death. That is the devil. Verse 15. And then, through doing that, delivered them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Praise God. Are you seeing that? He says, for verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Amen. Uh, praise God. So, so this was for, the reason why he took it is to bring forth a deliverance. Praise God. To deliver those who all their lifetime have been subject to what he calls the fear of death. That fear of death is the power of death. It's the same thing. Or it's the messenger of death. So anybody who does not defeat that thing called the fear of death. Jesus had destroyed it, right? Destroyed it means that he has brought forth all the answers, all the argument. When he was living on the earth, everything that fear had, all the fear's message, there's nothing fear is preaching to you that they didn't tell Jesus. There's nothing, no kind of thing that they are preaching to you. What could it be? I, I, your, your future is not... Is in jeopardy. What are you going to eat tomorrow? What are you going to... Amen. You know when he was teaching, take no thought for your life. What you will eat? What you... He was teaching from experience. He has, he has passed through all those classes already a long time ago. Amen. Classes of, what will I eat tomorrow? What will I wear? What will I do? He has already passed all that. Those are, the, those are the preachings of death. Those are the messages of death. Amen. And those things, those, those thoughts have occurred to him about his life. Every temptation that is not about your life is not really a temptation. Yes, sir. But a real temptation for a soul is about the maintaining of who you are. All those things, all those things that have been sold to you as your future, your life, what you live for, what this whole life is about. Are you getting me? Yes, sir. All those areas. Amen. If a soul can overcome those things, 
you've overcome a lot. Any soul that can overcome those things has just been set free. You've partaken of this deliverance. Says to deliver them who through all their life. Imagine something that can keep a man in bondage all his lifetime. It means you can't escape it. It means that it means that they are living, they are doing things, they are doing, but all their lifetime it means it in all they are living, they are subject to bondage. Because what they are they are living is based on the the dictates of that fear. Their impulses of hey, what do we do next? is based on a fear of something. It is a is a preaching, praise God, that has entered into the soul. It's just an it's an information about the unseen. Jesus called it tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Take no thought for the morrow. <laughs> the morrow means that which is to come. <laughs> Take no thought for it. That, in, that thought concerning the morrow is the, that's the message of death. Now, but, but I want to ask you a question. But can faith talk to you about tomorrow? Faith can. So it's not really about tomorrow. It's not really that the unseen is not bad. It's about who is talking, what message. So when, when faith talks to you about tomorrow, what it will say is different from what fear will say to you about tomorrow. What faith will tell you about your future is different from what fear will tell you about your future. And what you hear about your future will determine what you are going to do. Do you determine your action, your reaction? Fear can describe to you who you are, what your life is about. Tell you this is what your life is about, this is your goal, this is what you need to be, this is who, this is this, this is that, that is that, that is that. Summarize everything to you. Praise God. And it's hard to come into any experience. That is beyond that thing. When Jesus showed up, what happened? Do you know that fear used Jesus to preach to the Pharisees? Fear interpreted to the Pharisees who this man is. What did they see? They saw the end of their... If, we, if this man keeps... They were, I'm sure they were watching him as his numbers were increasing. Multitudes were following him up and down. They were just watching. I'm sure they watched, they were watching him. They said, Ah, Jesus, have you ever watched Jesus of Nazareth? Maybe some excited common. I would just come and say, Ah, you're a Pharisee. So, you should be... You should, ah, you've been... But you've read about the prof- prophecies now. Yes, that Messiah. Yes, yes. <laughs> that guy that Isaiah spoke about. Yes. We've seen him all. Yes. As soon as he mentioned that thing, what will happen? Yes. Inside a Pharisee. What he's, he's seeing, he's seeing, hey, my life. Yes. My life. So if Messiah comes, what will happen to Pharisee? What happened? So that, that, so this man is a threat to our pharisaical career. <laughs> what about the, what about the priests? Uh, 
Check all the people who did evil in the Bible who disobeyed God. It's all all about their lives. It's all about their lives. It's about their life. Check all of them. It's about their life. And that thing is a bondage. Amen. Amen. Are you seeing this now? So, this is the core of what I want to say today. That nobody will ever be a lover of God. If what? They have not overcome that thing called my life. You can bring one revelation now. That's what Paul was talking about when he said, this server of Christ is an interesting something. For some, it's a server. It's a nice server. What to others is what? It's a rock of offense. The same Christ that can bless some can offend some. When you are preaching, what is this for? It's all revelation again. Maybe someone who has just finished reading the Bible from cover to cover. Maybe it took them maybe a few weeks to just read it. Genesis to Revelation. And after then they maybe read it again and... Just to be sure that they now know everything. And they've read the theological books. They've done, you know, verse by verse study. The book of Romans. Praise God. They have, they have all kinds of Bible commentaries about the, the, the verses. So if you ask them, what, what does Hebrews chapter 9 say? <laughs> Hebrews chapter 9. They can begin to talk to you from the, praise God. Amen. They will bring the historical perspective. They bring the amen cultural perspective. They put everything together. Say, what 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 angle should we look at it from? Let's look at it from the amen. They've read everything, and then you now come and begin to say, ah, there is something called the feet of the Son of God. Praise God. <laughs> amen. There's something called the revelation of righteousness. Amen. Now, that's why you have to be careful where you take revelation to. <laughs> Not every soul is happy at the revelation. Some souls, that your revelation is you are, you are tampering with their world. You understand what I'm saying? Why? Because I see when you see somebody who has a negative reaction to revelatory life, word of Christ, word of righteousness, check it really. Why is that? They might have some reason. Ah, well, this, this, that. Um, amen. Praise God. The Christianity is just simple. Don't go too deep. Don't. Don't. Uh, amen. You can even bring scripture. Say, just don't. No, you are going too far. Don't. Uh, Praise the Lord, but secretly, that reaction has something to do with their life. So, uh, well, that is your own interpretation. That's just <laughs> your own. Praise God. Well, we all see the Bible in different ways. We have a unique. Amen. Are you seeing other grammar? Yes. 
<laughs> but what is that? That is an explanation, but secretly. <laughs> what happened secretly? Because anytime you preach Christ, hey! That was that was Saul's Saul's problem. That was Saul's cross. And it is just simply just preaching Christ, though. And you know the way he preached Christ. They, had, they gave him a standard. You must preach him and him crucified. Amen. Amen. When you are, we say when you want to, you want to learn Christ. It's not just a let's just about somebody. You're talking about knowing him, knowing the power of his resurrection. Then there's something called the fellowship of his suffering. Then another part, being made conformable. If you've not preached it to being made conformable to his death, continue preaching. You've not reached the end of his message. Say conformable to his death. It means every soul must be conformable. The meaning of being conformable to his death, it means that that mind which was in him, should be in you also. Because it's that mind that killed him. That mind instructed him to humble himself unto death. Even the death of his cross. Man. It's hard for a man who has been going a certain way. You know, just living in this world. Can even be a religious man, a pious man. Just imagine any kind of religion that doesn't have the focus of revelation, any morality, any, any spiritual activity that at the back of it doesn't involve revelation of righteousness of Christ by the Spirit, it will only serve to help the keeping of the man's life. You can have a great evangelist, a bishop. They are doing many things for God. They have a great ministry. They have everything, but check it. All, all those things they are doing can serve their own life. It's their life. Someone can be ah, someone's life can be I'm the best worker in this church. Mm. By the time maybe you, you some some other guy comes who can walk. I say okay, you are you are praise God. Then he will do what? He will go back again and raise the standards. Maybe he used to come to church and maybe service starts at like eight something. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> and he makes sure he's there by what? Seven o'clock. Imagine. Then after a while, you just saw one one brother just came from Nigeria to school and all. And one day he goes by seven, he meets the brother, he's already ah. there. <laughs> <laughs> what has that, that brother just done? He's just. Oh, wow, brother, you're here this early. Oh, do you always come to church this early? Oh, it's, oh. <laughs> okay, no problem. The next Sunday, what happens? <laughs> No, 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 no. He still comes at seven. He just felt that like that guy, something that like maybe he couldn't sleep or something, and then he just. Like, then he comes at seven. <laughs> the guy is there. Uh, 
so that thing begins to minister to him okay. because that he's coming early secretly not intentionally yeah. but secretly has been forming an anchor yeah. how can i i attach to how can i become your life mm. coming to church early how can i become a component of how you, who you are it, that's part of what validates you are you, are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. See, let me tell you guys something. Anything can become a man's life. Yes, sir. It doesn't matter. Anything can become a man's life. Anything. That's how bad the devil is. He's a skilled killer. Are you seeing that? Amen. Amen. So, so what will happen is that you see a lot of Christian people who are Christians, but there are not many people who are in love with God. To really love God, <laughs> that you are, you say, I'm a lover of God. Not other things about, not godly things. Not other things about God. To love God is a high thing. You can't think loving God. I will love you now from today. No, it's not that. Because loving God, praise the Lord. When to have the God's love, it means you must have had some measure of escape, deliverance from fear. From fear. Because if there is still fear, fear is an anchor to life. It means you will love somebody else. You are in love with somebody else. You are in love with something else. So you see, a lover of God is a pure soul. A soul that has been detached from things. When the soul begins to love God, things that must have happened, they've passed through the fire of fate. Right, that fire of faith, the trying of their faith is for to remove impurities, remove other things which sits in the soul as lovers. Let's go back to First John 4. Thank you, Father. <clears throat> Verse 18, 1 John four eighteen says that there is no fear in love, right? But perfect love casteth out fear. Praise God. So there is no fear in love, but perfect love, that word, casteth out. So by the time someone gets to the point where love has been perfected, is the point where fear has been fully what? Cast out. When fear has been cast, imagine a soul that fear has been cast out. Fear has been cast out. They no longer have, you brought the soul to a position where fear can no longer speak. They can't hear the voice of fear anymore. All they are surrounded with is the voice of faith. Praise God. Amen. That's a blessed place to be. So in order to get to 
the, the, there is what the, the peak of that mind. See that mind, this, this mind being you, which is also in Christ. That is a mind. It's actually a mind that... That mind is... Praise God. Hallelujah. That mind is... It's the mind of Christ, right? You have the mind of Christ. That mind of Christ is a is the mind of Christ's love. Praise God. It's the mind of what? Of Christ's love. It's the mind of Christ's love that makes a soul follow the path of Christ. Praise God. Hallelujah. Mind. A mind. Amen. Then there's another mind which is really the 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 mind of God. Who hath known the mind of God? Are you me what? Instruct him. That's a mind that's higher than man's mind. I mean if you know God has mind. If he, if he had no mind, they, they, won't say, they won't say, talk about his thoughts if he doesn't have a mind. Yes, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. Yes, so God has a, God has a mind. Amen. Amen. Praise God. That mind of God is a, to get to that mind, you must have actually, the door into God's mind, praise God, is actually a love door. Is a love door, and the the mind of God is the that's the mind of eternal life. That mind is the mind that counseled God. That's what this manifestation, verse nine, says that in this in this was the love of God towards us manifested, right? That He sent His Son is from that own own mind, which He has. Praise God. That mind is a mind that has. The, has all the answer against every suggestion of death. It is the mind is complete all around. It has no space. Amen. Praise God. I, I want, I want, what I'm talking about now is the mind of love. You got, you understand? I'm talking about the mind of love, not just any other mind. The mind of God's love. The mind that's the same mind that crafted the redemption plan. The same mind that looked at looks at a worthless creature called man. Yes. Amen. You don't understand what man today. I was just meditating. I was just like I was meditating about the, the the mind of God, the nature of God, how God is. And the Holy Spirit was just telling me something. He said, Do you know how he said, Do you see how do you know how some things hurt you? And you feel it. And then it hurts you and you feel it. And there are some things that hurt you and you feel like dying. And you lose control. He said that man cannot feel pain. He can't feel pain. Our ability to feel pain is almost nothing compared to God's capacity to feel it. The more... I was just tell him, say, the more love you have, the more pain you feel. Pain, by pain, I mean hurt. All right? The more love you have over a thing, the more love. When you increase love, when, when time something injures that love, the greater 
Because now you began to tell me that that the the slightest thing that men just do anyhow, say, oh, this is just a little thing, that it wounds the heart of God. And God feels it. Every sin, every transgression, even the one you just say it's called white light. White light can do can do damage. Are you seeing that? And and he now said that 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 depth of feeling God has. But what makes him omnipotent? And one of the manifestations of his omnipotence and presence is that he can feel deeply hot and even more deeply merciful at the same time. So when you commit one little sin, the way that thing feels to you is not how it feels to God. You've hurt him greatly because of how much he loves. How much he loves. He has a great capacity to feel. Now that's an I seen Holy Ghost. I don't know why he was telling me that. Maybe he's trying to show me that I'm just a very a great singer. I need to tone down my singing, maybe. <laughs> Maybe I've hurting God too much. Amen. <laughs> 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 but are you seeing that? That is so. That's an insight into what you call. You call the mind of God. Is a is a mind that that you can't finish its love storage. You can't because God does not think, he has no thought of himself. No matter how hot, you can never hurt God to a point where he starts protecting himself. Oh. <laughs> you can't, and that's, you know men, women, huh? <laughs> you do it first time, <laughs> we pray for you. Do it second time. <clears throat> we pray for you, but we, but we warn you. We pray for you, but we must warn you. You do it third time. God, this is your child. <laughs> you know, you are. Imagine all the people we've handed over to God. Have you ever thought who do God? Who will God hand over people to? Imagine all the people that we've all handed over to Him. When they start, as they are hurting him, who does he hand over? Because he, and he doesn't need to because he's, he's called it loving kindness, plenteous in mercy. Are you getting me that? Are you seeing that kind of a mind? It means the mind it can swallow up anything and he's still giving. He's still constantly, he's still constantly giving. See that mind is what is, I think that's, I believe that's what they call a sound mind. That's what, that's what Paul was telling him about, uh, Timothy about in 2 Timothy chapter 1. See, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power. First, then of love. And none of his sound. What is, what is the meaning of sound? When you hear sound, sound means it is, it is complete. It is whole. You can't find any, any space. You can't find any... Are you getting me? A sound mind. 
It means a mind that can never have a fault. It is always accurate. God can be, if you can, if God's heart can be bleeding, but he's still accurate in mercy. He doesn't forget. You know, some of us, <laughs> someone who offends us, we have to go and say, okay, let me, okay, just no problem. I will forgive you, but let you can't talk for now. Let me just go and yes. give me a week. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> you have to go and fast, pray, let God help your heart, pour more love, and then come back. <laughs> Amen. But praise uh, because amen. Have you ever been so? Have you ever been so hot, hot that you know that you can't just take, take any action? Yeah. Because that you, any, if you take any action there, and you come back and think about what you did, amen. But but, but that thing called the sound mind. The sound mind is a saved mind. A mind that is saved, eternally saved. What is the meaning of that? It means that God can never, God is eternally removed from fear of any kind. Fear of any kind. It doesn't fear. Imagine a God who Satan will come. Say, Satan, how are you now? Where, where are you coming from? They will be gisting. And he knows this guy is the greatest assassin in terms of the capacity to kill. His breath is killing. But God is not afraid of him. Why? God is so high. Are you getting what I'm saying? There is no fear concerning. Say so there's no fear in love. There's no fear in love. So, so in God, all fear is cast out. There is no. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? You will never see God doing one kind of secret thing to keep himself. In fact, God made man for the purpose of giving everything. To give, let's give man everything. That is God's proving. Are you seeing that? In this, it was his love manifested. Because he sent his only begotten. Say, only begotten. It means that his only one he had. Only begotten. He gave it away. What? That's, are you getting what I'm saying? It means that he has no, no fear of eh, tomorrow. So imagine, so you mean, imagine God thinking the thought, okay, I want to send this my son now. And then he now looks at all those bad, wicked. First of all, look at all the men in the, on the earth that he's sending his son to. Then I look at all the evil spirits who infest. <laughs> Do you know the danger? Do you know it's possible that Jesus could have just woke up one day? They have said that, look, this ministry has to go forward. How <laughs> <laughs> I many of you believe that? Yes, that fear that maybe you just wake up, just, just wake up one day and just say, I shall not die but leave, but to declare the work comes to us. And the father will, will say, ah, uh, My son Jesus, what about. And then he will begin to hear scriptures. <laughs> you know, I mean, if you know that? That's, that, that's something that fear of death can do. After a while, he will start thinking of his life. Thank God that Jesus did not think of his life. Even when that thought began to tempt him, he went to the Father. And he stayed there and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. And prayed until his will said, not my will. But your will, Father. 
So do you think that, that was not a It was a possibility. But God said no. There's something called oath in God. Oath is the great, it operates the greatest love of God. Amen. Amen. So that kind of nature is what they want to give, bring us into. It's called a sound mind. God has not given you the spirit of fear. Tell somebody, God has not given you the spirit of fear. But of power. Of love. And of a sound mind. Say to yourself, I have the spirit of power. Say it again, I have the spirit of power. What is the spirit of power? It's the spirit of faith. Yes, sir. Yes. It's the spirit that answers when fear starts talking. When fear starts pointing to you, faith will say, no, 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 I have another vision of the unseen. <laughs> My vision of the unseen is different from the vision which fear is painting. When, when they begin to bring a commandment to walk in love a certain way, and then faith begins to talk to you, what, will hap- what should happen? The spirit of power should arise on the inside. Say, so, no, we must do this commandment. No, the spirit of fear is what makes men stop loving their brethren and start keeping themselves. It will give you all the reason why you should keep yourself. Uh, love with sense, or love with. Uh, uh, be careful. Uh, I get what I'm saying. <laughs> Those are arguments of, of fear, the power of death. Praise God. But as, and the reason for all this, for preaching and teaching and bombarding revelation, is they want to increase your storage, the voltage of the spirit of power in your life. The spirit of power brings a contrary argument against the spirit of fear. And when a soul is, has abundance of the spirit of power, you begin to see they begin to love in, walk in love. Because love walk is facilitated by the spirit of power. He hasn't given you the spirit of fear, but of power, of love. And when you walk in love and walk in love, you develop first of all the mind of the love of Christ. Praise God. Then after a while, that love of Christ will now move you into what the love of God. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, the Lord will help us and Amen. He will continue to 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 strengthen us. I'm praying for any soul today who has felt weakness. Who has felt weakness when it comes to upward movement. You know, upward movement is in the path, the way of love, that excellent way that Paul spoke about, I show you a more excellent way. Amen. <laughs> so when that way is a way of commandment. When commandments are coming, then death begins to speak because death is afraid of commandment. He's afraid of love commandment. So he will, he will paint an image, reason why you shouldn't walk it, why you can't walk it, why you are so weak, why, why you should wait till next year before you walk at that level. I'm telling you that the spirit of power of God, which is the spirit of faith, begin to possess every heart. Let there be a release of power. 
grace for another conversation. Amen. A conversation that will strengthen your heart to carry out love work without any thought for your life. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it now. In the name of Jesus. Let's just begin to pray. Let's pray in those lines. Just paranostika hendo navano. Mori kalabasturi heveno. Mastali gaira halabosia. Pari getani keligali kamamaha. Pari no soteveno. Pana pana pali gede 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 gara gina 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 zina. Mashte kari ala vazu brentani bari ala vazu zebrete mede febi ala bara vazu zebrete mede gara ma. E kandali ala vazu teli bresa sabari ala vazu toni brana vazu zegeta gade. Men so se 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 pa sa 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 pa la la sa sa lo gani ma la ba la ba la la ba tu lege. I want to receive empowerment by faith. Empowerment by faith to access love position for our souls, for our hearts. mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Our Father, we just bless your name tonight. We thank you. Thank you for this word. Father, this word has come with an impartation yes, tonight. Lord. We believe that. We believe there has been further activation of the spirit of faith within our hearts to move us, motion us into the love way, into the way of love. Our Father, we thank you because there is no fear in love. And we know perfect love will cast out fear. Father, for every soul that is on the way on this journey to perfection in love, I ask, Lord, that let your grace be extended to every one of us 
in the name of Jesus. Amen. Father, where there has been weakness, yes, Lord. Father, I declare your strength. Amen. We receive your strength. Amen. Anywhere there has been an inability, falling short of the, the standard of love, which you have desired and which you've instructed and which you have revealed. Father, I ask that there be an infusion of strength Amen. to our heart in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Father, we ask for more more exploits in our faith, Amen. in our faith life. Amen. May our souls become so exposed to the voice of faith Amen. that it will swallow up every lie, Amen. every conversation of fear, Amen. and every conversation of death. Father, we, we will learn to lay down our life. Say, greater love had no man than this, than he laid down his life for his friend. Lord, we ask that you would teach us in that same way Amen. to begin to look not on our own things, Amen. but even on the things of another. Amen. Thank you, our Father. We receive a sound mind. We receive the mind of Christ. Amen. Father, we ask that so shall it be. Amen. Father, I pray, Lord, that this word will begin to travel Amen. even deeper. It won't just go, but it will stay until all the blessing has been released into our Shine for you dwells between the cherubim. Shine for you dwells between.